0: who you've never interacted with before, but you, because you share a common purpose and intention, you can have a really powerful connection with them. That is magical.
1: Magical greetings, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the World Needs Magic podcast, your weekly dose of magic. I am Rubens, Director of Spells and Co-Founder at Abra Academy. And Abra Academy believes the world needs magic not only rabbits hats, but the magic of people. We use magic to create learning experiences full of joy and possibilities, so that everyone can reach their potential. Today, we have Victoria Stoyanova with us. How does she bring magic to the world? Well, she doesn't do it alone. She's the founder and CEO of HITO Labs, a company exploring the future of community systems. She is a strategic partnerships manager for Facebook's community partnerships team. And she recently created the Institute of Belonging, which I'm very curious to know more about. In this episode, we will talk about what's magical about communities, what makes them strong and what gets on the way of building great communities. But before we ask Victoria the first question, I would like to ask you a question so you can reflect for a few seconds about what are you after when you join a community? Is it meaning, belonging, support? Thank you. Victoria, welcome. My first question to you, what is magical about communities?
0: Oh, there's a lot of magic about community. Um, I would say that the biggest one is that community can transform people. You know, if you bring people together, they can really change each other forever. So I think that's the most powerful thing. Um, Carol Jung says that when two personalities meet, it's like the meeting of two chemical elements. And if there's any reaction, both are transformed. And I just love that.
1: Well, And what what do you think is necessary for for that to happen? What's this social glue that brings community together?
0: There's a lot of different elements. It will depend on what the community is, who they are. There's a lot of dependencies. But usually it would be um, people that give and receive a sense of belonging. That would be the baseline. Um, So you would have things like trust, care, vulnerability, yeah, uh, components that are always there, no matter which community we talk about.
1: Mm-hmm. You talk about the quality of connection, right? And and when we go into the corporate space, it's also a, lot of, a great steam is also proportionate to the quality of the connection between the, the members. So what are the different layers of connection? How do you see connection?
0: Yeah, well, I'm really excited about this. I actually discovered this pretty recently, um, when it comes to the several levels of intimacy that Matthew Kelly talks about Um, and of course there's a lot of different ways that we connect but when it when it comes to intimacy there's we can connect over something that is oh it's sunny in London today but that doesn't really create a lot of connection between you and I but if I tell you I'm really nervous about something that I'm doing tomorrow, that's quite big because I'm putting something on the line and I don't know how you respond. So there's a bit of risk involved. So um, in these seven layers, it goes from cliches. So we meet in the lift and I tell you that it's sunny today. Nothing really happened there, no magic. Uh, We can talk about facts. Oh, new lockdown rules were just announced in the UK. All right, again, nothing really crazy in terms of our connection, but I shared a fact with you. It can be an opinion. I can say, I love Maria, who's on the call today. I miss her. That's a fact. I guess that's also a feeling, so a bit different. Um, It can be an opinion. It can be hopes and dreams. So I really hope I can see my family for Christmas. It can be feelings, things around. I'm really excited about magic. (laughs) Um, it can be fears and weaknesses and also it can be needs so the more we go deeper into these layers the more connection is created and more intimacy is created because there's something that is put on the line and there's vulnerability involved so we can really put this in practice quite easily when we connect with colleagues right now over zoom you know I can be like how was your weekend all right you know here is the Superficial level of my weekend, but I can also ask how are you feeling about X and that would create more connection So it's really in the hands of people asking generous questions to each other, uh, but also giving genuine answers
1: Wow, that's beautiful. What else makes a thriving community? So let's consider this connection starts to happen. What else enables that to happen?
0: Um being uh so the levels of intimacy is important because you allow someone in i think being quite um open with your intentions your beliefs bringing your whole self into the conversation really being in the full spectrum of your identity and your person i think that is important um the intention of why you're connecting what do you want to get out of this is this clear to everyone involved and that's why we talked a little bit about social contracts as well in terms of coming together with a group of people and being able to say, this is what this um, interaction means to me, or this is what I want this meeting to be about or this dinner to be about. Really setting the tone so that everyone feels that they're part of something bigger than, oh, it's a dinner, it's a call. Um, So creating, creating more meaning around everything that we do. And I think that also touches a little bit on rituals and how we design the world around us. Um, My friend Casper uh, just released a book called The Power of Ritual, which is really around that. How can you make small moments in your day um, carry a lot more meaning so that you can um, break down your day into smaller pieces that create more meaning for you and the ones around you. And the beautiful thing is that we all have the power to do this. We can all do this for each other. Um, you don't need to have any training. You just need to have uh, excitement around it. It's all, it's all there.
1: Yeah. Here it goes, Marie-Christine. I love you, Victoria. We love you too. <laughs> <laughs>
0: and,
1: and my question, you know, <laughs> like you talk about rituals, the, 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 the power of intention that goes into a ritual. And I think intention is something very key for communities also. How do you see that?
0: Intention? Yeah, for sure. I mean, communities exist because people gather around um, a shared purpose and they gather around a context that is meaningful for them. And that context can be um, anything. It can be a group of moms who want to get back into running and exercise and they do it together. And they're part of a group of people that they do this with. And the attention there is it's almost like the the hidden rules things that you don't need to talk about because there's obvious it's like doing this with kindness and taking care of each other and um, no shaming you know you can imagine a set of a set of rules that will all um, guide the way that you act within that group um, there's also something I guess that goes back to a social contract or almost a manifesto there's a community that um, Joanna who's here in the call and I are part of called Sandbox where it's a group of people all around the world who work on different projects and they live in different places, but there's always an intention of whenever someone needs something, you will help them out. So there is a real mentality of giving first and that's an intention that is set from the beginning when you join the community and it's something that you carry through. So it's really powerful because, um, It creates an identity where it's almost like a kaleidoscope and you always act from that place. You always act from that place that is generous and, um, and because others share it, it's really powerful because you can meet someone who you've never interacted with before, but you, because you share a common purpose and intention, you can have a really powerful connection with them. That is magical.
1: Wow. Yes, it is magical. And what, I mean, we talk a lot about all of these things that enhance communities. What gets on the way?
0: Oh, a lot of things get in the way. Um, <laughs> ego. Ego is a community buster. You know, sometimes you would have people who um, want to create community around them, but the reason would be not really for the people in the first place. It would be more for them in the first place because they want to get to something. So that's how you see a lot of things that are called community without really being one. So um, at the moment, if you look around anywhere on your, anything that's communicating to you, everything is a community. It's like the co-working space of the community and, the brands that you wear are a community and it's like "Mm, not really because not everything needs to be um not everything becomes a community just because you name it so what gets out of what gets in the way is that people need to choose that they're part of something they need to self-proclaim themselves to be part of a community and not someone naming that for them so that's a big one um other things that get in the way is um, getting away from the initial purpose of why does this group exists in the first place or that not being very clear. So sometimes you start a group for a reason, but then it changes over time. And it's really important to let communities breathe and have a form in themselves where they are quite malleable and they change over time because the people in it change a lot too. So um, a lot of the structures that we create for communities need to be held lightly because they, they're living things. They change uh, day by day. So whenever there's a need to reframe or adjust the purpose and the mechanics of a group that we're part of, there needs to be full permission to do that.
1: Wow. And do you think, is there a, a lot of difference between a community that's presential versus a fully online community?
0: Um, tell me more about this question.
1: Yeah, no, it just came to my mind as you're speaking, because I was going to, I mean, you think about these enormous communities that are on Facebook and everywhere like online that really like loads of people get together. And then you go like to this garden, garden uh, close to your house where you go there and garden and you meet like those 20, 30, 50 people and, and I was wondering what, if there is anything that calls your attention in terms of what happens in this digital world versus right. uh, is more real. Uh,
0: yeah, of course. Um, you can find really a really powerful sense of community anywhere um, in your local neighborhood, on your streets, um, in a group, on Instagram. It really uh, is based on what kind of meaning you find in there. So I have seen incredible stories of people supporting each other who have never met each other and who might never meet. So we're really past um, a moment where you can say that real community is only in person and um, online is different. It's actually, um, yep, any way that brings people together in a meaningful way is super powerful.
1: Yes. And I ask that because we are in a moment with the pandemic that we went fully digital too. So, I mean, we have now to find even better ways of coming together and supporting each other yeah. online, right?
0: Yeah, super powerful. And actually, if you, I think there was something that happened where there was so much self organized um, reactions in the very beginning of the pandemic. And it was really incredible to see how quickly people mobilized and self-organized in a way that no one had predicted because it was before any governments had reacted and before there was any official response to this is a thing to do and this is a way to find support. I think we often underestimate the power of people to come together and organize around um, what is important to them. So yeah, it's super powerful to see what has happened. Um, And also there's something about there's an opportunity for being really real with the people around us because whether you're having a pretty easy moment in a pandemic or whether you're finding it really difficult, everyone's lives have been affected and everyone is going through something that feels different. So from that perspective, there's a really um, equalizing moment where no matter who you are and where you are, there is something that you share that is quite big and quite personal. So there's a real opportunity to reach out to people and to have conversations that are more grounded in the real experience of the everyday. And I think that's very powerful, especially when it comes to connecting with teams and connecting with the people that, you know, we're used to having a a small chat by the coffee uh, table. We can still do that virtually. With my team, we do a lot of fun things at the moment where, every Wednesday, someone shares a skill or a hobby that they have. Uh, we previously brought uh, the people that we're in lockdown with on screen as well, and people could ask them any any question, things like that that are really, really fun. I think it's a great opportunity to um, unmask ourselves when we're online because um, there is permission to do that.
1: Wow, and what creates commitment? Are there certain things that help like people get more committed in, in, a, in a community?
0: Yeah, that's a great question. I think community uh, is based on commitment because if you're just joining something but you're kind of on the side and you're not really participating, that's not going to be bringing you any joy and it's not going to be bringing the people that are in the community any joy either. So um, I think a good exercise to start with if you are creating a community from scratch is to almost create the mechanics of people supporting each other in a very easy way so that you can show them something that they can imitate afterwards. So we can, for example, pair people up for conversations or mentorship chats, or if someone has a question, you can tag or bring in the people who you know might have the answer so that people already start supporting each other. Uh, You really want to get people to help other it's really if you think about it it's like people helping people helping people helping people it just never ends it's a continuous thing Uh, there's always opportunities for that so I think commitment is um, also comes from change when you go through a certain experience um, and you are transformed and you find an answer or you you find a, a different way of living you want to pass that on and I really like to think about this as a baton of belonging that you pass on because you've been through it. I think that's the most powerful thing. Often um, communities start because someone feels alone in an endeavor or a question or an experience and thinks I cannot be the only person facing this right now. And usually that's the answer. There is a, I think there's a group for um, moms in Sofia. I'm from Bulgaria, Sofia is my uh, my hometown. And it started because this mom thought, I want to connect with other moms. I don't know how to do it. Surely there's other people who want to be in touch about certain topics. And it just started from there. And then weeks later, it's thousands of people because you're creating the space for the conversation to happen. And community is often someone holding space for other people to have a conversation they're not able to have anywhere else.
1: Wow, that's fantastic. I've been receiving an email once in a while from the Institute of Belonging. And I, I, it's so pleasurable. Every time I open, I get some inspiration and lovely reading and some invitations to see amazing people. What is it?
0: Thank you. Uh, it, so it's my lockdown project, the Institute of Belonging. It's now been 21 weeks. Um, at the moment, it's a newsletter that talks about the practices of connection and how can we create connection and belonging for each other and the people that we work with. It's really fun because it's, um, for me, it's an opportunity to talk to a lot of people and see what is there that is not being talked about because you have community practitioners that are very focused on um, communities that are online or events, but there's no one really that talks about the stuff in between that is, um, in between the psychology, the sociology, and the practical work of it. So I'm looking at it really from a, a phenomenology lens. What is connection? How does it work? What is the core of the glue? And what does it do, do in our brains? So yeah, it's a newsletter. You can sign up on the InstituteofBelonging.com. It comes out every week and hopefully it will evolve into something that's more like a toolkit and really, really practical and fun for people to have in their back pocket.
1: Wow, nice. Okay, we're gonna put in, in, the news, in our newsletter, your newsletter. Yeah, I love that. Create a bigger community. It's time for the magical questions, Victoria, are you ready? I'm ready. <laughs> well, first, your superpower. Joy. Joy. Second, can you share secrets?
0: Okay, okay. Secret. Are you ready?
1: It's not not gonna be a secret anymore, but like there is power in sharing, right? So yeah, ready.
0: Secret is, eventually everything connects.
1: Yes, (laughs) it does. Uh, Well, now I'm gonna give you a magic wand, then you could do anything with it. What are you going to do?
0: If I had a magical wand, I would design cities in a way that are much more intergenerational so that young people could hang out with older people and just create a lot more conversation between people who at the moment don't really interact.
1: Mm. Oh, thank you. And and to our community now, you feel free to put any question you have in the chat so Victoria can answer and how do you find the right community? For example, I'm really interested in finding women who want to advocate the soft side of business in big companies struggling with culture because I know they are struggling convincing their management team.
0: Great question, Julie. Um, starting by putting this out there on your LinkedIn, on your Instagram, on your Twitter, however you connect with people right now, just putting the question out there saying, this is what I'm looking into where do I start? So really being very candid about the question that you have. You probably have a bunch of people saying, oh, funnily enough, we're having this conversation in this group, or there's a conference about this here. So the more you join a conversation where this happens, the more you can find um, what is already out there. Of course, it's a massive system. You're not going to solve the problem for everyone, or maybe you do. Uh, So maybe there's an opportunity for you to be holding space here and for you to organize the conversation. If it's not happening yet, you can do a very casual virtual coffee with people that you want to have this conversation with um, and start seeing what an action plan can be. What I noticed is that very often when we have this question about, I don't know where to start, uh, the answers are not there usually need to start where you are which is someone needs to be bringing all these people together to have this conversation maybe that can be you judy
1: lovely yeah and you said about yeah people i think i mean when we do our magical workshops you talk about different generations it reminded me of a project we did where we had the magic to bring together elderly and and people that were just like getting to uni And it was so powerful, just creating a connection there and then listening to each other was very powerful.
0: Yeah, super powerful. Pauline, um, newsletters, practical tools to help a community grow and be more committed. Um, Depending on what the community is, uh, Pauline, you can bring, you can tell people to bring someone who would benefit from the conversations that are happening in the community. You can, um, just tell people to bring a guest to an event or a dinner or whatever it is. Um, there's really something about, uh, yeah, allowing people to make the space also be a space for others that they love. So depending on the topic and, and, um, the situation, you can just say, bring someone you want to this event and see what happens. For the newsletters, uh, what I find really useful is uh, featuring people that I love and that are up to great things and telling their stories. And usually that makes them also share it with people that they want. So it's creating this um, effect, knock on effect.
1: Joanna is asking, what are your thoughts on communities that are monetized, for example, paid groups, subscriptions?
0: Oh, Joanna, this is such a big question. I wish I had an answer for it. I've seen it do super well uh, with people who are, uh, just have amazing things to share and people who want to join them and follow them and unpack this together. I'm thinking about um, the guy who runs um, Visualize It, I think that's what it's called. just like really, really cool community. It just makes wonders. I've seen it also not do so well because you lose a group of people who wanted to uh, be there because it was free and the whole premise was people helping people. So if there are elegant ways of doing it in a way that you you keep the integrity of your community, I think that's just the most important thing. If it keeps integrity, great. There, There are ways of making this happen. Yeah.
1: And last question. What are different ways you measure effectiveness or engagement of community groups? Question from Ola Taylor.
0: Ola, great question. Depends on where your community lives. So different um, platforms, different ways to measure. Um, Also depends on who you are and what's important to you. You might be measuring how active people are in terms of are they Liking and clicking things. You also might measure, uh, for example, Joanna, I think with sandbox, what we like to measure is How much do people engage afterwards and how much close relationships do you create? So it really depends on what's important to you. There's no right or wrong metric. It, the metric is literally what you consider meaningful.
1: Victoria, I'm so grateful in name of our Little Magic community that you came here and dedicated this beautiful time and all your experience. I mean, it's very inspiring. Thank you so much for, for coming. Whoa, what a learning. Thank you so much, Victoria. So much inspiration from your words. I hope you all enjoy the chat and learn something new. Please follow up Academy on LinkedIn, Twitter or Instagram for upcoming webinars and podcasts. And to know more about what we do and how can we help bring wonder to your organization. Unleash your magic.